good morning. Good morning. My name is Kevin King, and I have the privilege of stepping in to fill in uh, to allow our brother and our friend to have some time to heal and to just have that pressure taken off of him. Our call to worship this morning is coming from Psalm 148, and it reads, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you stars of light. Praise him, you heavens of heavens and the waters above the heavens. And the psalmist continues to sum it up. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His glory is above the earth and heaven, and he has exalted the horn of his people, the praise of all of his saints, of the children of Israel, a people near to him. Praise the Lord. Let's stand together, please, as we continue. We are going to sing another psalm of praise. It's Psalm 150. Uh, it's something that I know that you have been learning and um, have, have done before. But we're going to begin with that psalm of praise on our lips.
much. It's great to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Just a couple of things I want to share with you this morning. Uh, it is 2023, and the Jaguars won last night. If you stayed up, it was a little for sure. Just had to say that. Just had to mention that. Praise the Lord for that as well. If this is your first time visiting with us, or you've been coming a while, or you remember, and we have not connected with you, we would love to do that. And there's a couple ways you can do it. You can go out in the atrium, and you can connect there. Someone will be at the information desk. They would love to speak with you and answer any questions that you might have. Also, we have a digital way that you can do that. You can connect with us by texting the word CONNECT to the phone number 904-441-6900. And that will be, there will be a form there for you to fill out. Also, for prayer requests, you can do the same thing. You can put the word connect in, text it again to 904-441-6900. And for our digital bulletin, you can put the word news. Text that word to the same phone number, and there will be a, you'll see it. Go to the website, and you can download that. And all the information that's in your paper bulletin will be right there for you to access during the week. Just a couple of things that I want to share with you this morning on Wednesday um, at 6 p.m. in the CLC, the Christian Life Center, we will have a time of worship together. And I just encourage you to come and just start that out, start our year out together, praising our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Also, on the 18th, which is the next Wednesday, we start our, we kick off our, some people call it a winter Today we might have said winter, and some call it spring, but all of our ministries within midweek, we kick those off, our praise kids group meets, also our youth meet, our Bible studies all start out. So I just encourage you, if you've not volunteered or you haven't signed up to do something, it's just a great way to get together in the middle of the week. So I encourage you to do that. Have a blessed week, and look forward to seeing you. Thank you. We're going to ask that you would stand and continue singing with us. Um, God has shown his faithfulness, and one of the ways he has done that is the provision of our salvation through the cross at Calvary.
Heavenly Father, thank you that you have provided for us such a complete and glorious victory through your son's shed blood. Father, we just look forward to the day that we, like him, will be resurrected and we can see you face to face and spend all of eternity with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray and ask. Amen. Amen. Why don't you welcome one another here? You know how to do that? Reach across the aisle, turn around, welcome the saints here this morning. Thank you, Kevin. If that doesn't cause a revival, nothing will. That was fantastic. Amen. I get, I get the privilege of coming up here and talking about generosity. And, and I tell you, we have a very generous congregation, and, and I'm not going to stand up here and talk to you about numbers and buildings and all those fantastic things that you guys have paid for over the years. I'm going to talk to you about just how thankful we are for the generosity that you've given us and the opportunities that you give us to witness to people. You know, we are here to help people embrace the life-changing truth of Jesus Christ. And it's through your generosity that we are able to do that. You know, at Christmas, we had a family that um, needed some help. They had a car broke down and they needed a place to stay. And we were thankful enough to be able to help them to do that. And uh, yesterday, I, I was lucky enough to be here when someone came around looking for some help, and, and I was able to give them some, some gas money and a food bag. And it's just because of the generosity of this congregation that we're able to do those things, and that's why we're here. You know, we are here to spread the, spread the love of Jesus, and you guys help us do that. And so we're just thankful for that. And so just let us pray. Father God, we are just so thankful that we have a giving and loving congregation, Father. Father, we are thankful that you have given to us more than we could ever imagine, Father, that you have given your son for us to be able to share life in heaven with you. Father, we just come to this time of offering, Father, and we just thank you for, for whatever it is that comes forward, Father. Father, we just want to ask that you would just take this offering and use it for your kingdom, Father that you would bless this offering and that you would bless those who give. And we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Good morning. Before I get up and share the message from the pulpit, I have a very special presentation. By the way, I have to say this. I, I just love Bill's heart here. Uh, when we hired Bill, I don't know, 100 years ago, <laughs> to be our administrator, we, we, we did a little exercise in the interview. What would you do if... And uh, different things. You come in Monday morning and you got this going on, this going on, this going on, and, and a homeless person out uh, in the parking lot. And, and uh, just the way he responded to that question, I don't know if you remember, but the way he responded to that question said, he said, we're going to go out to that guy in the, in the parking lot and we're going to find out what's going on in his life and we're going to minister to him. And I thought, that's the heart of someone that I want leading ministries and administration here. So I appreciate your heart there, Bill. Thank you very much. And, and, and what he just shared with you, that's part of it. Hey, uh, I wanted to share uh, something very special in the life of the congregation. On January 1st, 
Uh, Janie Prevat marked 30 years of faithful service here on staff at Hannah Station Baptist Church. Janie, would you come up here, please? Janie serves, she serves as, as uh, my assistant, administrative assistant, and really she sort of helps run this whole church. <laughs> and she, she really does. And so what we want to do, we're going to present her with several things. We're going to, this is what we're doing nowadays. We give everyone's staff at these special moments a plaque. And so it's something that she can hang on the wall. It says, love anchors all. And then people have written on staff different things that are back here. One says, the boss. <laughs> One says, she puts the holy in the holy of holies. And if, if you don't know, the holy of holies is a place in our office where they keep the good pens and the paper clips and all the office supplies. I don't have a key to the holy of holies. It says she's the key master. It says, a friend with wisdom, a knower of all things, steadfast, in charge, the best, this says keep on, and I can't read that. Neither can I. Okay. <laughs> keep on. Okay. Dependable, loving. This says she knows where the bodies are buried. <laughs> another one that says the best and a joy to all. So here they are. I wanted to present this to you and say thank, thank you for thank for you, Walter. <laughs> 30 years of faithful service. Janie's middle name is Rosa, so we got some roses for her. Danielle told us that's what we ought to get. We checked well, with her. And then we have, we have a financial gift as well of the personnel committee's arranged, and, and that will be coming to you this week. So, thank you. All right. I'd like to say thank you to Ron Moore. He is the one that hired me 30 years ago. Let's give a, a big Anastasia thank you to Janie for all she does. Yeah. I tell you, it is a great time to be a part of Anastasia Church. God is using us and God is working in us in, in very powerful, powerful ways. Just want you to know some things that are going on there. Um, they're almost done finishing the footers of the new family ministry center. Praise God for that. And sometime, not this week, but next week, they're going to be laying that very first concrete block on that new ministry center for preschoolers, children, and youth, and, and we believe that God is going to use us and use that building uh, to really reach families in this community. So God's moving along that way. Um, a lot of uh, good things are going on in the life of this church. Our college ministry just got back from a conference in Atlanta, and, and the college ministry is going well. The Lord is, is doing amazing things. I'm so thankful for Kevin King and his family. Um, and where y'all? There y'all are. Okay. And thank you for bringing a whole orchestra with you. And, and helping us during this very difficult time. We're just so thankful for Pastor David and Marsha. And I want to say hi to you because I know you're watching online. But also thank you for stepping in and, and, and filling in for us uh, in this year of 2023. And, and we're just so grateful for your willingness and availability. It means an awful lot to us. Yeah. In addition to that, I don't know if uh, I saw... Um, I, I, the name just left me. The lady leading our, our um, senior adult choir. Thank you very much. 
Linda Wheeler is going to be leading our senior adult choir uh, for the uh, uh, for this year as well. And so I know they're going to have their first rehearsal tomorrow uh, here at the church. I believe it's at 930. I'm looking for yeses or noes. Is that right? You don't know? Do you do all know? Carol, do you know if, when y'all are meeting? I said 9.30, so I, I work here. I don't know what's going on. Janie, you tell me. You, you know. Okay. Normally, it's at 10 o'clock, so she, she knows. So anyway, we'll, we'll work that out. Anyway, um, uh, we're starting a new series, and I invite you to take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 14. We're calling this series, Lead Me to the Cross. And this is a series of, of messages that we're taking all the way up to Resurrection Sunday. And it's coming from John 14, 15, 16, and 17. We're going to go through those chapters of the Bible. They're very, very important chapters. These are the farewell words of Jesus Christ. The night before Jesus was crucified, these are the words that he shared with his, his disciples. And you know, farewell words are very important. That's when you say the things that are very important. So I want us to really focus on those. And we're going to start with John chapter 14, verses 1 through 7. And I invite you to stand with me in honor of God's word. The context of this passage, Jesus had just told his disciples that he, they weren't going to see him any longer. He was going away. And this is, this is what he said to them. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also, and you know the way to where I'm going. <clears throat> Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you'd known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Lord Jesus, I thank you for these words. Lord, I thank you for the power in these words, the truth in these words. Lord, I thank you that we can know you. We can know you, Lord. And Lord, be, be filled with you and be lifted up by you. And Lord, that you can take us to spend eternity with you. Lord, we thank you for that relationship and ask, Lord, that you'd help us all to have that relationship that you paid so much for. Lord, that it would be something that would be a treasure in every heart. In your precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> so Jesus said those very immortal words, John 14, 6. You might have memorized those when you were a little kid. I memorized them when I was a little kid. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said he's what? He is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. I mean, those are powerful, powerful words. As a matter of fact, they're so powerful. These are words that are part of our core values here at Anastasia Church. You know, we have, we have six core values that we try to share with people over and over again because they're very important things, just a core teaching that, uh, that helps bring us foundational, um, some, some foundational stability in what we're understanding. And these are the core values. The first is this. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way. The Bible is the map. Disciple-making is our mission. Love is our greatest command. Serving is our privilege. And every person is important. 
That's the core. That's, that's a, those are core values here at Anastasia Baptist Church. Everything is built around that. That Jesus is the way, the Bible's the map, disciple making's our mission, love is our greatest command, and serving is our privilege. And so um, it, it is so very, very important. So, um, so we know that Jesus is the way, and, and, and what does this mean? When Thomas, the disciple Thomas, talked to Jesus, he said, I don't, we don't know the way. You say you're the way. We don't, we don't know the way. Uh, he said, and Jesus said, if you'd known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And what he says is that if you know Jesus, you know the way. Jesus is underscoring in our hearts that we need to depend on him, that we need to seek him, that we need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I need to know Jesus. You need to know Jesus. A personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what faith is, you know. Every, every, Years ago, there was this book that said, everything I needed to know, I learned in kindergarten. <laughs> right? Well, everything I need to know really comes out of knowing Jesus Christ. If I know Jesus Christ, everything comes out of that. And, and you know, but I think a lot of us are like Thomas. It sounds mystical and spooky to say, you need to have a personal relationship with somebody that you cannot see. I mean, people struggle with that. You need to have a personal relationship with Jesus. And they say, well, Jesus, he lived on earth 2,000 years ago. How do I have a personal relationship with someone I can't see in front of me? And people struggle with that. How do you do this? And that word to know means then more than just having personal knowledge. It's more than just knowing that Jesus lived. It's personal experience. It's knowing Jesus day by day. Hour by hour, minute by minute. How do I know him? How do I do it? How do I, not, and not just the facts. How does a person know Jesus Christ, who is the way? How do I know Jesus, who is the truth? How do I know Jesus, who is the life? How do I do this? How do I know Jesus? So that's what I want to talk about this morning. I'm hoping I can take some mystery away from that. I want us to dig deeply into those phrases where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Okay? Now, first, Jesus said, I'm, I'm the way. He is the way. Well, if I want to know Jesus as the way, and that way means path, the road. If I want to know Jesus as the way, i got to follow Jesus. i got to walk that path, right? So this is the first point. When I follow Jesus, that's when I find the way. When I follow Jesus, that's when I find the way. So if he's the way, if he's the path, the more I follow the path, the more I know it. Okay, the more I walk that path, the more I know the path. Driving here in this area, moved to Florida 25, 24, 25 years ago. The roads here, they're fairly wide and there's wide shoulders and they're straight. They're not real curvy roads here in Florida. That was not like it was when I grew up in middle Tennessee. In Tennessee, there are hills. And that means that some of the roads are narrow and there aren't wide shoulders. On each side of the narrow road, it's a ditch. And sometimes it's a deep ditch. And so you got to stay on that road. And the roads are curvy. And sometimes the roads go over hills and you don't know what's on the other side of the hill. Um, we lived on a, in a house that was between two main highways, uh, about six or seven miles apart. And there was a country road that went between those two highways. It was Murray Lane. 
Murray Lane, that was the, I, I got on the school bus and the school bus would take us to Murray Lane to get us to the highway to get us to the school. And you go down Murray Lane. Murray Lane was a, was a shortcut. It was a country road shortcut between those two highways. And the school bus would take us on the road and it had this hill just before the very end where we came to the highway. And it was like going up a roller coaster. We're going up on the school bus, up, 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 up. And they'd go over. You couldn't even see the road on the other side. And you know, as you're a little kid on a school bus, it's like a roller coaster. It is it is adrenaline producing. You know, or what is going to happen? You know, especially if it's a snowy day, rainy day. And so you're, you're going up over that. And uh, I want you to know, it, it, was, it was narrow. It, was, it had those ditches on either side. It was curvy. There were potholes so big, you could hide horses in them. <laughs> that was this road, okay? And in Murray Lane, it was dark at night. I mean, they didn't have streetlights all along. It was dark at night, okay? And so when I was learning to drive at age 16, I would be driving down Murray Lane, and at first it was a challenge. But let me tell you something. The more I drove on Murray Lane, I knew where the potholes were, and I knew how to dodge them. And I know what was on the other side of the curve, and I knew what was over on the other side of the hill. And the more familiar I got with Murray Lane, the easier it was to drive that. And as a matter of fact, if you got really familiar with that road, you could fly down Murray Lane. <laughs> and I confess there might have been a time or two in my teenage years when I did. Um, well, knowing Jesus, who is our way, is like knowing a familiar road. You get what I'm saying? It's like knowing a familiar road. If that way represents this walk of life, the more I walk that path, the more I know that path. Jesus is the way. The more I follow him, the better I know him. That's what, it, that's what it's saying to me. In the word, in Hebrew, that word for way also means a word that means walk, that word halak. And our faith is a walk. And we're taking steps. And the way I live, part of following and knowing Jesus is, is abiding in his words and following his commands. And so, so how can I know Jesus as the way if I won't follow him where he leads, if I won't take that path? Jesus said he's the way that leads us up to heaven. And I know a lot of people, they want to go to heaven. Don't you want to go to heaven? Yeah, I want to go to heaven. There are people who say, I want to go to heaven. Jesus says, I'm the way to heaven. They say, well, I want to go to heaven, but I don't want to take that way. I want to find another way to get to heaven. And Jesus says, I am the way. There isn't another way to get to heaven. They say, I like the destination, but I want to go another way. There isn't another way. Now, what does that walk look like? What does it look like when I follow Jesus? What does it look like as I get to know Jesus? Well, first of all, it's a walk by faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says this, for we walk by faith, not by sight. So that means that, that some of our steps might not make sense. Because they're steps of faith. Faith is being sure of what of that which we cannot see, okay? But you know, when clearly the Holy Spirit is leading us and the Word of God is affirming us that there's a next step we need to take, it's by faith that we take that next action. It's by faith that we take that next step. As individuals, we take steps of faith. Collectively, as church, we take steps of faith. Um, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful that last September we broke ground on the new family ministry center. But I want you to know I, I'm grateful for what we're looking forward to. But I have lost a lot of sleep. Okay? Because it's a big project. It's a big project. And moving forward is a step of faith. 
You know, I don't know exactly where all the money's going to come from to pay for the whole building. Well, I know it's going to come from God. He's going to write that check because I can't. It's going to come from God, but we have to take the step to start. And we know that God is calling us to reach families. We know we need to have updated buildings because our buildings are aging. And we're taking that step of faith. We're taking a step of faith. Starting Anastasia 16 Church 15 years ago. That was a step of faith. You know, when that, when that church building became available and, and we just felt God leading us, said, you know, we, if, and we, we talked to that church that was closing the doors. Could you, would you, if we take over your debt, would you let us use your building? We'll have church there. And God has blessed that ministry. That was a step of faith, though. That was a step of faith. But, you know, when the words of Jesus and the leading of the Holy Spirit align to illuminate the next step, faith means I'm going to take the next step. Uh, another thing about the walk. It's a walk in the spirit. It's a walk of the spirit. Galatians 5.16 says this, but I say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. It's a spiritual walk. And so when I'm, when I'm walking the way of Jesus, it's a spiritual, a spiritual pilgrimage. And there, you know, there are always going to be desires of the flesh. And I'm not just talking about sexual desires. Desires of the flesh are those things here on earth that we like. And there are things on earth that we like. Some of you are liking what you're planning on eating in the next hour or so, right? <laughs> That's a desire of the flesh. We like having a nice house. We like having a new car. It smells so nice. We like having a bank account that's better. You know, those are desires of the flesh. And there's always this spiritual battle. And, and, and if I'm going to follow Jesus as the way, that when the desires of the flesh come against the, the desires of the spirit... I need to follow the Spirit because we need to walk by the Spirit. It's a walk in love. Ephesians 5.2 says, Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. That is one of our core values here at Anastasia, that love is our greatest command, right? Jesus said it's our greatest command. What's the greatest command? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so... Overflowing love of Christ needs to be the motivation of everything. That's hard. That's hard. Sometimes we just do things because we know we have to do them. But you know, the goal is can I do them out of a motivation of love and self sacrifice? Because I know what Jesus did for me. I just, I just, out of the overflow, I just want to do these things. You know, it needs to be a walk of love. And that can be a hard path. Uh, it's a walk of good works. When you're a Christian, you do good. That's simply, simply that, you do good. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. If I'm following Jesus as the way, I do good to other people. I don't do them bad, I do them good. You know, we don't need to be the worst person in the room, we need to be the best person in the room. That's part of our witness in Jesus Christ. That's why we as church, we support the homeless. That's why we support the neglected, the forgotten, the exploited, the hungry, the cold. And, and not just as church, just as people. Because when Jesus Christ comes into your heart, you receive the Holy Spirit. He puts in your spiritual DNA this understanding, this desire to do good to people uh, around you. So it's a walk of faith. It's a walk of spirit. It's a walk of love. It's a walk of good works. And listen to this. It's a walk in the light and toward the light. Ephesians 5, 8, for once, at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light.
See, we're reborn. We're a new creation, okay? That's what it's all about. The way that leads me to heaven as I'm going toward the light of Jesus Christ, it's also preparing me for heaven. Did you hear what I said? The, the way that's leading me to heaven is the way that's preparing me for heaven. The further I walk that path, the better I fit into the destination. And it's because I'm getting closer to the light. Heaven's a place of light. It's that light of Jesus' power and his love and his mercy and his grace. And as he is leading me to the light, he's preparing me for the light. So when I know Jesus is the way, that means I'm following him. I'm following him. When I follow Jesus, I know him as the way. Now, he also said, I'm the way, and then I'm also the truth. Now, that truth is the word aletheia in Greek. And when we think of truth, we often equate it with facts and knowledge and doctrine. So if I want the truth, and I'm talking to a 20th century Western United States audience, I say, what is truth? You start giving me a list of these are the systematic theological truths that we need to understand. Here is our creed and all these things. And if I were to say, what is the opposite of true? What would you say? False, right? And if I'd say, what is the opposite of truth? You might say lies, right? That's how we're conditioned to think. But do you realize that's not the Old Testament uh, the Old Testament understanding of truth? Because if I would say to you and you're an Old Testament group, what is the opposite of true? Uh, the opposite would be unfaithful. You get what I'm saying? Jesus Christ, he is the truth. He's faithfulness. I mean, that, that includes to all the facts and the, the, the knowledge and the details and the doctrines and all that kind of stuff. But also, it, it's, about, it's about his faithfulness. When he is the truth, that means that he is faithful. He is faithful to all those things that are accurate and precise. Not just factual, but faithful. And so, being, being, knowing Jesus as the truth is understanding that faithfulness of him and being faithful to him, being true to him. You know, so this is the point I want to make to you is that when I stick with Jesus, that's when I find the truth, when I am faithful to him. See, this faithfulness shouldn't be a one-way relationship. Jesus Christ is faithful. He calls us to be faithful. Do you know what faithfulness is? It's faith, and, and this is what faith is. Let me break it down, okay? Faith is when I believe something so much that it actually changes the way I live, Okay? I believe something so much, it's a conviction that it changes the way I live. Because, you know, faith that doesn't change my works is what kind of faith? The Bible says it's dead faith, right? Faith without works is dead. So faith means I believe something so much that it changes the way I live. That's what faith. Now I take that faith, what I believe and what I do, and I add the component of time, a long period of time. That's what faithfulness is. It's when my faith is expressed over a period of time. You know what? Jesus doesn't have to have faith in himself, but, but he has faith in his own love. He loves you so much that he died on the cross and he's taken his actions of, of, his, of what he believes about us, that we're worthy enough to be, to be redeemed, that he's been faithful to us throughout all of creation to find a way for us to be saved. He is faithful to us. Now we need to be faithful with him. We need to stick with him. The Lord is faithful. Exodus 34 says this, the Lord passed before him, this is Moses, and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, 
God declares he is faithful. He is true to us and we need to be true to him. So when I say Jesus is the truth, he's not only the ultimate expression of everything that's right, he's the ultimate expression of everything that is faithful because he stays with us. And so when I stay with Jesus, I find the truth. Jesus is full of truth. He is the truth. John 1.14 says this, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. He's full of truth. So how am I going to know that truth? Uh, another amazing passage in the Bible. This is John chapter 8. And John 8, starting at verse 31, Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word. What does abide mean? It means being faithful. If you're faithful to my word, if you stay with my word, if you stick with my word, okay? So if you abide in my word, then you're true. You are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You want freedom? Be faithful to the Lord. That's truth, okay? If you abide in my word, you stick with my word, you'll find truth, and truth brings freedom. Truth brings holiness. You know, if you're going to follow the Lord, he's going to make you more holy than you are today. He's going to sanctify us with his truth. John 17, verse 17. We'll go into more detail in that in, in chapters to come. But, but Jesus prayed to the Father about his disciples. He said, sanctify them in the truth. It's only in the truth that we become more holy because lies don't make us holy. They make us dirty. It's in the truth that makes us holy. Sanctify them in the truth, and your word is truth. So truth is a first step to holiness. And so faithfulness is my God. It says in verse 19 of John 17, it says, And for their sake I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified. Jesus made us holy. How did Jesus make us holy? Well, he's truth. And it's truth that sanctifies us. He is the truth. So so the Lord wants us to be holy and sanctified, purified, cleansed. He wants us to live true lives. Well, when I stick with Jesus, when I keep looking to Jesus, when I use him as the standard for everything that is in my life, then I understand truth. I know him is truth, and he's preparing me for heaven. So I need to stick with him and see him the only one who's faithful and true. And then he says this. In John 14, verse 6, Jesus said to him, I'm the way and the truth. And what's the last one? The life. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is life. And he's not just life with our physical bodies. He's talking about eternal life, okay? Jesus is eternal life. When I say eternal life, often in my messages, you'll see me follow up with a phrase. Life forever with Jesus in heaven. I do that very intentionally. I do that on purpose because sometimes you invite people to come to church and they don't know our churchy words, right? So I want people to know what eternal life is. It's life forever with Jesus in heaven. So when Jesus said he is life, he's talking about that kind of forever life. See, life on earth, life in your body is temporary. Our bodies are just tents. They're holding up the, the soul. But, you know, there comes a point where we stop camping out and we move into the house. That's where we go into heaven, okay? So, so in life, eternal life in your spirit can last forever. So how can I know that I'll have life in heaven after life on earth? Well, Jesus said, I am the life. 
Stay close to Jesus and you'll have life forever. That's what he said. He is the life. It says it from the very beginning of the gospel of John. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. That's Jesus Christ. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. And in him was life and the life was the light of men. So when I know Jesus, I find life. See, when I follow Jesus, I find the way. When I stick to Jesus and look to Jesus, I find the truth. And when I stick with him and I follow him, that's when I know him, and that's when I find life. Do you want to live forever? Anybody? Me? Just me? Okay. Okay, good. You want to live forever in your soul? I do. Do you want to go to heaven when this earth is over? Do you want to bask and rest in the grace and mercy and peace and joy of the Lord? There's only one way. Know Jesus. Know Jesus. Follow him and you'll know him as the way. Stick with him. You'll see him as the truth. Know him. You'll find life. And it comes from knowing Jesus Christ. And when I don't know Jesus... I don't find life. As a matter of fact, I wrote in your sermon notes, know Jesus, no life. If you know Jesus, you will know life. But if there's no Jesus, there is no life. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, some of you are wondering what it means to know Jesus Christ. I've tried to explain it as clearly as I can. And then I come to this place and I say, without Jesus Christ, you don't have eternal life. Some of you may think that I'm being very exclusive and being very judgmental. But these are not my words. I'm just... I'm just repeating what the Bible says. And these are our core values. Jesus is the way and the Bible is the map. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. God is not trying to keep anybody out of heaven. He wants to redeem humanity. If you have anything that's keeping you out of out of of what you think heaven is going to be like. God's not trying to keep you out. He is trying to drag you in. And how do you do that? If you know Jesus, you'll have eternal life. If you know Jesus, he'll bring you forgiveness. If you know Jesus, he'll give you a second chance. If you know Jesus, you will live forever in him. Amen? Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Lord Jesus, I pray if there's someone in this room that does not know you, as Lord and Savior, the forgiver of sins. Lord Jesus, I pray right now that that the Holy Spirit is turning the light on in their hearts that they can just say very honestly, Lord, I want to know you. Lord, I believe you're alive at the right hand of the Father. I believe you died for me. I want to know you. I'm committing to follow you and follow your way, follow your words, follow your walk. I'm committing, Lord, to stick with you and be faithful to you and be faithful to you to the end and understand you as the truth. And, Lord, I'm trusting in you to bring me life and life eternal. I pray someone is praying that prayer, Lord. And, Lord Jesus, I pray that that as we go through our lives, we move forward into 2023, that that if we already know you, Lord, that we be more devoted to you and become more familiar with that path, Lord. And Lord, I pray that whatever good happens spiritually, physically, in ministry, that you would get all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
coming to a time of response. And if the Lord is calling you to respond uh, uh, publicly, you're welcome to come here to pray at the front. If you want to come forward to present yourself as a member of this church or present yourself for baptism, or you just want to find out what it means to know Jesus as your Savior, we have counselors that will be glad to help you take that next step of faith. So I invite you to stand with me. We'll sing. If God's calling you to take a step, come up and talk to me. As the Lord is. take that for granted. We thank you for the love of our Savior that we've seen in your word. And Father, as we leave, we pray that he will go continue to go before us because he is faithful. Father, our days and our steps are numbered. And so we rely on you, the giver of life, to provide for us each and every day. Now as a benediction from the book of Jude, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forever. Amen. Go in peace.